Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Jackson. You ready? Let's go! Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. The Ag Up Equipment text line is fi- Woo, spicy and feisty. Uh, there's, some, there's some people that are asking questions about Leach and what Mississippi State needs to do at quarterback. Um, and is Leach helping the quarterback enough as far as the plays approach, eye candy, more misdirection or any misdirection? Uh, play action, jet sweeps. Uh, I mean, you ran a jet sweep against Georgia. I don't know if that was, we're going to prove our point. Because this staff is a, is a we're going to prove our point staff. Okay? Um, and so, I, I don't know if some things are going to change or not. But you just get the sense that Mississippi State is... Uh, Kind of in a stalemate. You know, if Leach and, and Will Rogers come back and it's the same thing in 2023, I just don't know how that's going to land. Because if Will is what he is, and that's it, you're going to have to do some things to help him out. Obviously, one is talent. I mean, I can say that. I, I don't know if this staff, I mean, it is not a, the, these guys are not, you know, Uber recruiters, okay? And so, I don't know, and I don't know if you're going to keep some of the guys that you got, so I, I just don't know how that's that's going to look. Um, I don't know. I can tell you this, though. If you're going to come back and do the same thing this year, uh, next year as you did this year, I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to land well. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Rick's Pro Truck, RPT. Blake just uh, picked up a set of tires 
at Rick's Pro Truck for his uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee. Tires, wheels, spray and bed liners, lift kits. Rick's Pro Truck. Rick's Pro Truck. Rick'sProTruck.com. On another note, Lane Kiffin does not want to hear about almost winning or playing well against Bama or covering the spread. This is Lane Train after the Bama game. Yeah, I don't know, guys, you know, this is, let me just explain it really well. I don't really give a shit about how many yards we had, how close the game was. We didn't win the game. And two years ago, we walked off this field, and I said, we didn't, hear, we didn't come here to cover spreads. We didn't come here to play what at the time was the number one team in the country close. So all these things about, well, you did this, good, and, you, and freshman running back, rushing, it doesn't matter. We didn't win the game. So, you know, maybe some other places that's good or it's been here good in the past. It ain't good enough. We came here to win, to beat Alabama. We didn't do it. So we're 0-1 today. He shut that down (laughs) in the the media room after the game. And Brad Edwards made a good point. What's Lane's biggest win? Because this was debated by Ole Miss fans ad nauseum yeah. during Mullen's tenure. Mullen beat Florida. He beat Georgia. He beat LSU. He beat A&M. He beat Auburn. He beat everybody except Bama. And so that meant that he wasn't good. Good. Yeah. Okay? And we you heard it over and over. at yeah. Church, restaurants, vacation, yeah. ball fields. Because whenever uh, – state fans are not as good at this. Whenever Ole Miss gets on something – they're going to lay it out every single place in the state of Mississippi, whether it's Dan Mullen was going to take another job. Now, on the years that he wasn't, they would get it going and make it trend. State people just don't have that bite. Like the Lane Train thing. I mean, is Lane going to get courted for jobs? Hell yeah, he is. State people just silent. You know, you'll see one post on the board. There'd be 19. If the, if the roles were reversed, there'd be 57 posts on Lane leaving Starble. Yep. Absolutely. Not as aggressive, not as uh, loud, not as, you know, once we get, and, and, and they can get on the same sheet. When something is floated, they can get on the same sheet of music in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, they do it in recruiting. Absolutely. It, it's, it's not, usually these mindsets permeate in all the things you do, right? You see the same if your if your philosophical viewpoint is X, then that translates into everything you do. What's his best win? A and M at home last year. See, I disagree because of the Bama bounce. They had already lost two games. A and M wasn't good. That Fair wasn't enough. a good team. Still good talent. Um, at home, you know, is that you're? Are you more impressed with going and beating a bad, a worse Mississippi State team? Well, I don't, I don't know if I think that Mississippi State was worse than A&M last yeah, year. I mean, I they know. beat them on the road. It's true. At A&M. That's true. I mean, Le- Leach has bigger wins on the road. That's correct. Than Lane. But Lane's 2-0 and against, against Leach. Leach and yes. people feel like it'll be 3-0. and This the, thing comes down to the golden egg. The overall record is so much better. Is the It kills State fans. Yeah. It kills them. It's, yeah. Kiffin's gotten Vanderbilt three times yep. and no Georgia. Yeah, Leach has gotten Georgia twice and Vanderbilt twice, I think. Which is rare. He actually got him, I think, in 20 and 21. Who? Leach beat Vanderbilt 
I, well, first of all, they played them. Yeah. In 20 and 21, I think. Because of the all-SEC schedule. The all-SEC schedule. They picked up an extra Vandy game. What's well, Kip, so, Blake thinks Kiffin's biggest win is A&M at home last or year. Or I'll give you on the road to Tennessee. I'll, I'll put those two would be my vote. Okay. Just because Tennessee was on the road. It's not Tennessee this year. But they were better. We didn't realize how that they were getting better at that time. Hooker was playing well, and Tennessee had a chance to win. If you remember, they had a ball go through a receiver's hand in the end zone as the game was expiring that would right. have won the game. Right. They had a chance to win. I'd say Tennessee on the road or A&M at home, I might lean towards Tennessee the more I think about it. yeah, That's not a big win. Tennessee on the road. I mean, yeah. if that's your biggest win, that's not like a wow win. But the other side is what Brad Edwards said, and I'll say it because you're seeing it not happen at Auburn. You're seeing it not happen at, G- at Texas A&M, and we've seen it not happen in Startwell and Oxford for almost the entirety of 200-plus combined years of football, winning games that you should win. Right. We have had 100 coaches come through State and Ole Miss that lose games they're supposed to win, and to this point, Kiffin may not be upsetting anyone, but he has yet to lose a game he's supposed to win. That's a great Show point. me a bad loss. Uh, Show me a bad loss. Other than Baylor... But you had no, you lost your QB five minutes into the game. Right. I'm not, whatever. That happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't count that as a bad loss. At Auburn last year? I mean, their talent, and Harson hadn't completely lost it yet. That's a, that's still a high level of talent. I, I don't say, I don't think losing at Auburn is a bad loss. It is for Jimbo Fisher against Cadillac Williams. Right. But don't ask Jimbo that because if you ask Jimbo. Oh, let's. It's Play not that. his fault. Let, let's let's drop a little Jimbo Fisher audio after the uh, the Aggies lost to Auburn and an interim coach. Would this be the thing that would lead you to uh, uh, changing the offense and bringing somebody else to help you? Well, I mean, there's, listen, the offense we run is still the same. There's similar all schemes across the board. We just got to call it better, coach it better, and do it better. And, and if we bring somebody in, if that whatever what happens, it didn't matter. He's still – Verticals are verticals, smashes are smashes, and we got to get it coached better and do a better job of it. So we'll evaluate everything. If we bring somebody else in, it doesn't matter because I'm Jimbo Fisher, and I won a national title with Jameis Winston. And I'm still going to tell him what to do. Right. (laughs) He's not going to change, and this is not going to work. It's just a matter of when they decide that they can stomach the bile. And does Ross Bjork make it? <laughs> Is Steve Robertson joining us? 9.30. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds show at 9.30. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot and believe me, it is the real deal. 
Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Mondays are always wild, especially when Vanderbilt wins. Who had Vanderbilt with one more win than Jimbo Fisher at this point in the season? Show me your show me your lotto ticket. I think Resdog did. Show me your lotto ticket if you had that one. Ask him; he knows everything. Yeah, or Squirrel. Yeah. Ag Up Equipment, John Deere Tractor, text line 601-885-3776. Show is brought to you by Went McGee, the mortgage man. Mortgagemanms.com. Went McGee, mortgagemanms.com. And the show is brought to you by Superior. Superior Foundation. Superior.ms. Um, interesting debate. We, we talk about upgrading spots all the time somebody on the text line said why can't you upgrade at quarterback in Starkville he said I love Will Rogers but he said why why do y'all talk about upgrading receivers offensive line defensive line but like people can't even broach the topic of upgrading now the San Francisco 49ers upgraded 100 years. They moved off Joe Montana to go younger with Steve Young. The Indianapolis Colts, I understand he was coming off of surgery, but he still played two more years. He won a Super Bowl. Okay. They moved off Peyton Manning. The Green Bay Packers moved off Brett Favre without knowing exactly what Aaron Rodgers was. I mean, they thought he looked good in practice. So this guy's like, why can't we even discuss it? Now, he prefaced it with, I love Will. He's done a great job as a transition QB, but they've got to get more mobile and dynamic at that position. We've talked about that a little bit. So, I mean, this guy's adamant. Bo and Blake, he's like, Bo and Blake, y'all talk about upgrading wide receiver talent and offensive skill talent, which they have to do, and offensive line talent, which I really think they've missed. Although Will had time on set, thought the offensive line gave Will time, considering who it was against Georgia. Will's got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean there were times he had it for for SEC standards, especially against an elite team. Yeah, he had all time. night. Yep, yep. You got to let it rip, or somebody's got to call. But I, I, again, I don't know the communication between he and Leach. I don't know what he's going to the line of scrimmage with. I don't know. I have no idea. Um. Will's had some big moments, and he's had some very, you know, pedestrian games. Yeah. But can I put it like this? You and I have have talked about this a little bit, and we've talked about that they're not where they need to be at the QB position. But I think when we talk about whether or not they should upgrade, part of what we're saying it from perspective-wise is what we're, we're thinking about it also, what will actually happen. And the problem is while the staff may go look for upgrades in the portal or at, 
the normal recruiting style at wide receiver and running back and on the defensive side. I think our thought process is they're not going to go look for an upgrade to Will Rogers. And by the way, Chris Parson is years down the road. That is a phenomenal recruit. Kudos to the staff, to Leach and Hollingshead. I mean, he is well thought. I don't know what he'll be because we don't ever know. But it, that is a that's a hell of a commit. I will give them credit. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They they're signing a four star QB out of the Nashville area that looks like he has mobility and talent. Guys, that is light years. Yeah. That is so far down. This thing is coming down to the Egg Bowl next week, the Golden Egg for Leach, and a third straight loss if that happens, and going into 2023 for all the marbles for this staff. Do not kid yourself. So the Chris Parson thing is years down the road. Uh, even if it's two. They don't know if they have two. If they lose in Oxford, and I expect them to, mm. in a week and a half, that will be the third straight golden egg loss. Yep. And the fan base is going to be cranky and ticked off and mad, and upset. They are. It's just the way it is. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Whatever you want to say. I mean, Kiffin's holding all the aces. Games at home. He's got a better team. He's more dynamic on offense. And look at the way his defense played. On uh, Saturday. Yeah. Bryce Young made... And that throw to the right corner of the end zone, Blake... Yeah, And before that, prior to that, that crossing pattern where you had to hit that guy? To make it 24-24. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. I mean, Bryce Young is amazing. Touch. I mean, he's no Stetson Bennett, but he's well, not He's, he's no not Stetson bad. Bennett, according to this Georgia guy on my Twitter timeline, is yeah. already drinking some kind of crappy, yeah. you know, I don't know, Jim Beam white label. Oh, so yeah, green, green label. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but I, what am I supposed to do with that? But yeah. the bottom line is Ole Miss has a better staff. Kiffin has the edge in, yes. in the in the metrics and the numbers. Uh, Leach is good. Leach is a good head coach, good play caller. Kiffin, the last six years, is better at look, both. Look at the and, red zone inefficiency for Leach. It's just not changed. It hasn't changed since he was at Texas Tech. It's just the same. It's just the same approach. And that's the problem is while in some aspects repetition is fantastic, you have to show a wrinkle. You got to do something. You got to give your players an opportunity to be better than what their talent level is. And I just don't think that's happening. The question is can can Mississippi State put on put it together, beat East Tennessee State, find some momentum and at least be competitive in the if, egg bowl. If he wins the gold, if he wins the game, he'll have the fan base back. Correct. If he loses it, he'll lose even more. I, I thought this guy made a great pro, uh, point on our Ag Up Equipment text line. Bo, MSU's problem is if X's and O's, all things being equal, MSU hired a 61-year-old, Ole Miss hired a 47-year-old. He, he says, I see this all the time in the corporate world. He said, I'll be 55 in April. Guys a little younger than me are hustling, still building a legacy. Guys a little older than me are delegating and playing out the stream. I think Leach sees his legacy as changing the way football is played all over. 
If he wins again at another place, that's cool, but no big deal. Lane is embracing NIL and the portal, using social media, and his game day shirts and media exposure to recruit and hustling. Leach focuses on offense only and delegates the rest. He's not interested in and frankly dislikes the new changes in college football. Saban doesn't count. He's a founder. Literally created his own corporation that runs by itself at sheer mass. It takes hustle to win at the Mississippi schools. And our guy doesn't have it. He's smart enough to make us a middling team for several years. Six and six to eight and four. But will not reach for the upper echelon like Lane. And that will be okay for many. As long as egg bowls come with it. Which probably will not. That's about as good as it gets on the yeah. text line. Yeah. Because he's he's so spot on because the irony is Lane Kiffin is succeeding with Mike Leach's offense. He's yeah. just doing it better. He, yeah. And that's what so many it's people a, don't get. As you get. said, well, it's some other. It, Lane's running a modified yeah. version yep. of the air raid. Yep. And that also ticks people so off. So is Bryles. So is Aranda. So is Mike Shanahan. So is uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle so is Shanahan, Mike, Mike McDaniel. brilliant at the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And that's where you're right. Like, Leach can sit back and go, I may be the single most influential person in football Bruce ever. Feldman, who's ever. not a Mississippi State homer, basically wrote that article. And I'll, I've said this. Regardless of what happens in the Egg Bowl, Mike Leach was a good hire for what you were. Hell yes. But you can also understand, just like the QB situation, what you had was good. It may not be good enough moving forward. You may have to still because make a change. time's running out. And next Thursday night, woo, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by your next Ram truck at Mack Hike and Flowood. MackHikeFlowood.com. MackHikeFlowood.com. Steve Robertson coming up next to weigh in on the uh, current state of the state at Mississippi State. Also, MSU will have another a, a new AD in the next couple of weeks. That's something else to think about. Not the AD who hired Mike Leach. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. The leader of the Mark Curls fan club joins us on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Eye Care Professionals. If you need cataract surgery, Dr. Kirk Jeffries, Eye Care Professionals, with two locations on Lakeland Drive in Jackson, Flowood, Bellmead. If you need cataract surgery, you want to go to Eye Care Professionals and Dr. Kirk Jeffries and the team at Eye Care Professionals. Mississippi State coming off a loss to Georgia. Um, I don't think anybody expected them to win, but maybe wanted some, uh, maybe it to look a little bit better. And then the officiating was, we don't usually go there, but it was atrocious. It was bad. Um, some head scratchers there on intentional grounding, not reviewing a fumble and, and so on. We welcome in Steve Robertson. The Boneyard Podcast, Jeans Page, 247 Sports. Steve, are you inviting uh, Mark Curls to your next book signing? No, I'm not. The fact that he is still officiating games in the Southeastern Conference is an embarrassment to this league. He was the white hat in the crew last year that 
had the uh, you know bad call against Memphis. He had a couple dubious calls last year, so they demoted him to a center judge. But he is still exerting his influence over uh, Southeastern Conference games. And, and when uh, McDade and Greg Sankey get enough of it, they'll fix it. I don't understand why they haven't. Is is the pool of candidates so small? Uh, because most people don't get into officiating in high school. You know, you start to, I, I'm sure you did. I don't know if you did, Steve. I started calling baseball games in ninth grade uh, just when I could get a driver's license and then did basketball and then went all the way up and was about to do college. And then I figured out I need to go do some other things. But uh, what uh, is the pool of candidates so small that they can't move off of someone unless they like cost Nick Saban a game? It, with five seconds left, and how do you see this? Well, I, I don't know that I totally agree with that because you know Jeff Batts is a guy that threw the back in the back flag on Dedrick Thomas in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know that he got demoted and he hadn't officiated a Southeastern Conference game since then. And then last year, the back judge that uh, blew the punt dead and then didn't own up to it. He also didn't do it. So there is some measure of accountability. I just I'd like to know who Mark Curls has. Uh, pictures of you know so all right some of our listeners have at you and i and they knew you were coming on and so they were debating you and i talk about talent and recruiting all the time throughout the year whatever sport and we always talk about upgrading on this you know whatever you're doing starting pitching in baseball the three hitter in in, in baseball the point guard you know if chris jans had a shooter this year he'd probably be going to the NCAA tournament. So he needs, I think you and I can safely say, he needs to up, even though he's doing a hell of a job, he needs to upgrade on perimeter shooting. So the listeners, these MSU listeners asked, you always talk about upgrading wide receivers, offensive line, edge rushers, so on. Why can't you even broach the topic of upgrading at the quarterback position? Why Why well, is that such a volatile or whatever topic in your opinion steve well i don't necessarily know that it is i mean this is the first year they didn't bring in a transfer quarterback since will rogers has been there of course kj came in with will hoping to be the stopgap guy while will developed and then last year you bring in jack abraham and then unfortunately he has an injury that you know prevents him from playing you know and so they've brought in competition every year with the exception of this year you know and so is there a possibility of a transfer quarterback? Well, sure. But a lot of those guys are going to transfer and, you know, walk on like Adam Gordon did, you know. And so those are the things you have to think about is, you know, it, you look at it right now and you think, hey, we got to do this. Well, they've attempted to do that. It just hadn't worked out real well for them because KJ couldn't read defenses and Jack Abraham couldn't stay healthy, you know, and that's not a, a shot at Jack. That's just kind of the reality of the situation. Uh, all right. So the Chris Parson thing is way down the road. Uh, and if this staff loses a third golden egg and they'll be underdogs and they should be, can you roll out the this, this same deal next year? The same offense that they're running with Will Ro Leach doing the same thing with Will Rogers in 2023 without an all-out mutiny? Well, I, I think I think you got to make some tweaks, you know, and I think we've seen some of that this year, but probably not enough of them. You know, it's like you see him running the football a little bit more in some games. And, you know, then Dylan Johnson gets hurt. And, you know, 
Next thing you know, you're not running the football much at all when he and Quinston Sharp go out. And granted, you played Alabama and Georgia, but uh, I think these next ball games, you're going to see him run the football a little bit more. But you know, Will has a ceiling. Every quarterback does, you know, and he's not a guy that uh, is going to go tuck it and run and really be a plus runner, you know. But he does a lot of other things really well. But he's not a complete quarterback, you know. And I think, you know, is Parson a complete quarterback? I, you know, we don't know. I don't, I don't know what his accuracy looks like and things of that nature, but. Uh, yeah, the reality of it is is that everybody's got to play a little bit better, not just Will Rogers, but everybody around him. Do you think Leach has it in him at 61 years old to modify the offense like Lane, Browse, Kyle Shanahan, and all these guys that are running the air raid, Steve, uh, Aranda, but they're just running a modified version of the air raid? Yeah, I, mean, I think he has to. You know, in some respects, because, you know, the game has changed. And, and if you look at what some people are doing, you know, with the running game, kind of complementing the, the, the air raid concept in and of itself, they're having some success, you know. And so, yeah, I think I think he has to. I think that's one of the things that uh, probably this offseason you've got to really address is putting in some new wrinkles and maybe making more of a commitment to, uh, to run the football a little bit more. But, you know, some of that, too, is, you know, offensive line play has been good at times. The pass pro, and I thought they were good this past weekend for the most part. They only give up the one sack, but there were still a handful of hurries and some passes that uh, Will got flushed out of the pocket and had to just throw out of bounds. But, you know, you've got to keep defenses a little more honest. You've got to put them in a situation where they can't just pin their ears back and say, okay, they're throwing. You've got to at least plant a little half second of indecision in their minds. And, you know, sometimes that's the difference between a big play and an incompletion. Steve Robertson, Jeans Page, 247 Sports on the Out of Bounds Show. How at, This was not a staff that really embraced the transfer portal. Um, I mean, Justin Robinson could be a nice player. Matthews is a nice player. Uh, who's the offensive lineman number 64 that's played pretty well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you got Jordan Morant, and you got... Jackie Matthews. I mean, it, they they signed several transfers last year, and most of those guys were coming in a position of need. I mean, Lasoy ends up being an interior guy, and you really needed a tackle. But yeah. you know, I don't I don't think they were averse to using the portal. I think they took what was available to them at the positions they had. They could have got an offensive tackle. I think you feel like they would have met all their needs. I think they met most of them last year. They didn't meet them all. All right, but do we agree that they've got to get that the clock is running out? And especially if they lose next Thursday night and that they've got to get more dynamic and in a hurry on offense, whether that's at wide receiver or quarterback or both. Yeah, I think that's the thing when you think about all this stuff, like when we talk about recruiting, you're always looking to add to the top. That's one thing you were kind of opening with in this segment is you're always looking to add to the top. It's not just about bringing competition in at the middle is you want to bring guys in. You know, Justin Robinson's a guy that didn't have a lot of snaps early, but he's become a good player. He's not a difference maker, but he is a good player. The good thing is he's got two more years of eligibility left. Perhaps he becomes a dude in time. But you need to go get some one-year wonders. You know what I'm saying? you got you got to go get some guys and come in and make you better immediately. And I think maybe that's where maybe State missed the boat last year is you got some good pieces you got some guys that got some eligibility, but you didn't get a lot of guys that make you better day one. Hmm. All right. Uh, if So, I know you want to handicap it next week, but East Tennessee State's a garbage game. So, 
they're I would think they're gonna prepare all week for Ole Miss. Or most of the week. I'm sorry. I know they'll a day or two will be dedicated to East Tennessee State. Do you agree that they'll start game planning for Ole Miss this week? I don't think there's any question. I mean, East Tennessee State is what three and seven, and yeah, you, know, you could probably run base offense and defense and play pretty vanilla, just out athlete those guys. I mean, you can't take it for granted. But I think you've got to commit some staff to kind of preparing for Ole Miss, and whether that's putting in wrinkles or, or doing some things, some some uh, opponent specific blitzes and things like that. So. Yeah, I think with the short work week, you've got to take advantage of some of this time this week because you have the advantage in the schedule with an FCS opponent. Yeah. Ole Miss has the advantage with the game at home. Uh, They're more talented. But with the schedule this weekend, Mississippi State has has an advantage. Um, uh, Do you think that Leach needs to shake up the staff? Not everybody, but some. Well, without naming know, yeah. names, do you think that he needs to make? I mean, this is the SEC, and I think this is a pretty average staff on on paper. Do you think that two, three, four spots need to be looked at? You know, I think when you take it piece by piece, you know, I think Jason Washington has gotten more production out of the running backs, and he has been a guy that has done a good job in the portal for you. I think Steve Spurrier is probably your best out of state recruiter. Uh, some of his guys got to do a better job catching the football. Uh, Drew Howling said, of course, is brand new. So the jury, in many respects, is kind of out, you know, on him. I think Mason Miller uh, is what flipped the guy, a power five guy, each year that he's been here in the final week. And so, you know, I think the development is there. I think you've got to go out and identify some pieces. There's not a lot of Charles Crosses out there. But, you know, you look at this this offensive line, even as well as they played at times, it's not your prototypical Mike Leach air raid offensive line. So you'd like to be able to recruit more Albert Reese type guys and let them develop rather than go out and get some guys that maybe don't fit your metrics. But, uh, you know, I think on the defensive side of the football, I, I think you like where you are for the most part. I mean, I, one thing I'll say, you know, defensive line wise, I think you've recruited okay. I just don't know if the developmental piece has maybe been as strong as what Mississippi State people are accustomed to. I agree. You know, when David Trump or he could go get a guy that was a three-star kid you beat Southern Miss for, and next thing you know, he's getting NFL attention. You know, So that's where I think you've kind of got to figure it out there, too, is you know, if you've got to be a great coach and a great recruiter, and if you can't be both, you've got to be great at one of those two. You've got to be able to bring value somewhere. Um, so do you think Will is what he is? If that's the case, does this all come back to whether Leach will mask his deficiencies in what I just mentioned, misdirection, play action, jet sweeps? Well, I still think there's a little room for Will to grow. I mean, I think Will would tell you the same thing. I don't think he's a finished product by any stretch of imagination. But, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, everybody was talking about how they were wrong about Will. You know, and I think some of that's got to do with the quality of competition that we played then and we're playing now. The big question for state fans is like, okay, yeah, we can beat Arkansas and A&M when maybe they're not a great team, but what are we doing against elite defenses? And that, that's the thing, Mike Leach, being an offensive guru, you know, that's where you expected to kind of make up some grounds on the rest of the league. And so that, that's where I think the challenge is, you know, with Will and with, and with Mike is, you know, how do you close the gap between the top teams in the Southeastern Conference? You've proven you can compete with your contemporaries, but how do you close the gap? Mm, uh, recruiting, right? 
yeah, but it's always about recruiting, recruiting and development. But, you know, I'd much rather have that guy that uh, that LSU in Florida wants than the kid that, you know, Southern Miss and UAB want. Yeah, yeah. after 12 years of winning, you need to get out of that. You, you need to start beating TCU, Oklahoma. Uh, you're never going to be as aggressive as Ole Miss. You're not going to be near as aggressive as Auburn or Tennessee. I'm taking Bama and LSU and Georgia out. You got to start beat. I mean, heck, Jeff Collins beat your both Moorhead and Leach's staff on players, and I know that didn't work out. You've got to beat Georgia Tech, South Carolina, Oklahoma State, Kentucky, and TCU for players. I think people are 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 tired of the nonsense of UAB and Southern Miss and Troy type. Yeah, beating those schools for players. How do, how do you see that, Steve? Yeah, I thought last year they'd kind of taken a step more towards doing that. You know, this year there's a lot more of those, you know, Cam Young type guys that are kind of diamonds in the rough. And, and you got to take some of those guys in your home state, but you can't build a class around those guys. You've got to be able to – and this year you don't have a ton of headliners in state. You do have some. But, you know, it's not like it was, you know, a few years ago you know, where you had – you know, Jeff Simmons and A.J. Brown, those guys, you don't have a lot of head turners in this class. But so you, this year you expect to be down a little bit when it comes to the offer sheets. But the reality of it is it's in order for State to really expand its recruiting footprint and uh, push ahead, begin narrowing that talent gap, is you got to start winning some bigger battles out of State. Especially in where Louisiana and Alabama, the players that don't get yeah. Yeah, I think northern northern Louisiana has always got to be a sweet spot for state. I mean, you got Ben Beckwith, I mean, excuse me, Dylan Day from over there, and you got Dak Prescott, of course, from over there. And you know, a lot of those kids have been their architects, you know, what, like four, four and a half hours away from Baton Rouge. And so many of them have never even been to an LSU ball game, so they don't grow up with it. And then there's a melting pot of fans. You got Arkansas fans, you got state fans, Texas fans. So there's not as much local pressure. And so I think that I 20 corridor is a place that you have to prioritize. Do you, what do you make of, you hit on something earlier, and I think this is where I was wrong on Leach and his staff. I thought that they would be Dan Mullen-esque at developing players, and they haven't been. Um, so where do you fall on that? Do, do you agree well, that they haven't? I mean, the D-line's not getting better. Um. You know, I don't. Are the wide receivers getting better? I don't think. I mean, people want to give everybody under Leach on the offensive side the benefit of the doubt. Are are the wide receivers getting better? If they are, I don't. I don't see it. Well, I think they were earlier in the year, but you know, like this, you can't have all these drops in second half of the season. And, and you know, as much as we throw the football, you're going to have some. I mean, that's just the numbers work against you there, but. You know, Rara Thomas is a guy that uh, has got to be a dude for state. You know, he's had he had some really big drops against George, and he's not alone. I don't want to single him out, but you know, I think that's the real challenge for offenses. You know, you rep it out, and you have everybody, you know, catch thousands of football with jugs gun. Well, you know, maybe what you're doing is not working as well as it should because you can't throw the ball the way we do and then have the drops that we did. And granted, Georgia's got a better talent level, but what they have one, maybe two drops. And uh, one of those is a, a, probably an out route that most receivers never get to. You know, it's kind of like that shortstop that's got better range. You know, ordinarily it'd just be a base hit because he's got the footwork to get there. And, and so you got you to gotta be able to handle the basic fundamental elements of football. You know, you throw it, you catch it. You know, uh, you snap it, you kick it. You know, and that was the thing, you know, like the special teams, you know, it's been – it's amazing to me that Mike Leach blows up the staff – 
goes out and gets all these new specialists, and then a lot of these issues still persist. Now, in the return game, you've made some strides, but, you know, with extra points and field goals, it's been uh, up and down, and punting the last couple of weeks has been horrendous. Yeah, Georgia punted once, so that guy doesn't really ever get any work. He punted it for 55 yards, and I'm not sure exactly what Mississippi State was doing as far as punting on on Saturday. So I think from what I gather from you, this all comes down to the golden egg, right? I think for this season it does. And I think, you you know, for State, you need to win it and then get some juice in the offseason because you beat East Tennessee State and you somehow win the egg and possibly a bowl game. Then you end the year on a three-game winning streak. You got nine wins with one of the most difficult schedules in the country. I think you can make a case you're headed in the right direction. And I think eight and four was probably the number that most people said, hey, you know what, if we go eight and four this year, if we're a game better – considering the schedule we have, we're heading in the right direction. And you go eight and four, you get the egg back, you know, then the bowl game's kind of a bonus. But, uh, you know, you need some juice headed into offseason. You need some juice headed into signing day. And so it's a very, very important egg bowl, probably the most important one of Mike Leach's uh, three-year tenure. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Dallas Body Shop in Ridgeland. When you look at guys like per- – all right, they they signed Percy Lewis, number one JUCO offensive tackle. Uh, I think it's DeCarlos Nicholson – he was either number one or top five JUCO corners. Uh, Travion Williams, many people believe, was the best player in the state of Mississippi. Um, I think if he played at Madison Central, Oxford, Startville, Brandon, um, he would have been given that nod or a much closer nod to Branson Robinson. Um, oh, I can't remember the fourth that they battled Ole Miss and actually other SEC suitors on. Those guys aren't contributing at a level that I think the fan base thinks if you're if you're developing at the level you need to be developing at, they should have more of an impact right now. Maybe not the first six games of the year, but maybe the last five or six, Steve. Where do you stand on well, that? The thing, uh, the thing I would say on the defensive line, I mean, you've got – on defense especially, you've got all juniors and seniors. So it's difficult to allocate reps for an underclassman. You know, Trevion has played a few games and – uh, John Lewis has played a few games. Of course, both those guys have banged up a little bit too. But, you know, I think that's where State maybe had some depth this year where you didn't have to count on them. But uh, you'd like to have seen them get a few more reps in some of these blowouts, you know, like against Arkansas and against A&M. You know, later in those games and save some wear and tear on your regular guys. But you got to get their feet wet, you know, because a lot of those guys are going to be competing for starting positions next year. And I think that's probably one of the things we kind of missed the boat on. Uh, is John Lewis healthy out of Germantown? Yeah, he he is, but you know, he's just behind a couple guys. But uh, you know, he was a guy early on that you know, got got banged up in fall camp, and it took him a while to hit the field, and even longer before he got to be hundred percent. But we still have really high hopes for him. Mm. Okay. Well, when you mentioned the juniors and seniors on the D line, I I get that, but mo- all of them are just solid SEC players outside of Crumity. and so my my thinking would be that Trebion Williams, if he's getting the coaching and development he needs to get, then good hell, he should at least be playing 10 more snaps a game. Do you think that's fair or no? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and that's nothing too. You know, we, we don't have the benefit of going to practice, you know, so I don't know well how well he knows his assignments. I don't know how well he knows his technique. And so you, know, you would you would suspect the guy with his natural ability, though, would find a way to kind of command, you know, 10, 15 more snaps of ball game. He hadn't done that yet. You know, of course, that's not a criticism of him because we don't know all the ins and outs of it. But the reality of it is, is he's a very talented young guy that uh, has a very high ceiling. And, 
you know, I don't know, you know if you if you want to. I don't know how many games he's played in this year. I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of the issue too. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, maybe we can redshirt him this year. Been playing mm-hmm. four games of redshirt. We'll see. But uh, I hadn't done the math on that to see exactly how many games he's played in. But that might be part of the issue too. All right, we'll leave it there. Steve Robertson, Jeans Page, two four seven Sports, uh, the Boneyard Podcast, um, kind of laying it out. And ten days from now is uh, is that this game is always big. I think it's beyond huge and and big for uh, the Mississippi State staff. Steve, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it, man. All right, buddy. See you. Jeans Page two four seven Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. So I was trying to think of who maybe the fourth recruit. Travion Williams was a 93, okay? Uh, He was a fifth-ranked player in the state of Mississippi. Now, obviously, he looks great. I mean, we've all seen him. What is he, 21? Number 21, I think he is. He looks great in uniform. That doesn't always, you know, mean anything. Uh, I'm, I'm going through. Percy Lewis was a 90 offensive tackle, number one. Number one Juco player. And... Okay, Nicholson was not as high as I thought, but uh, 88. He was the fourth best corner in Juco. And that's really, I don't really see any. Xavion Thomas is up here, and he is playing. Um, Not on offense, though, really. Yeah, uh, special teams, my bad. You know, that was a cool little punt return that he made. Um, It's amazing what happens when guys who are athletic get the ball. Yeah, and he's a bigger he's bigger frame than Tulu. You have to wonder what he could be. You also got to keep him happy. Uh, you know, I, again, when these guys go home, it, everything's on the table. I mean, it was already kind of on the table, but when these guys go home for Christmas holidays, ask Makai Polk. Everything's on the table. Out of bounds. One hundred five nine. The Zone ESPN. Brought to you by Dallas Body Shop in Ridgeland. For all your collision repair, Dallas, Dallas Body Shop in Ridgeland. show is also brought to you by the leading supplier of hardwoods and cypress in the southeast. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.